Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on September 24th, 2023, on the basis of Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. The sermon on the basis of our gospel for today from Matthew 20. Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am so generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is God's word. Friends in Christ, are you familiar with Aldi? The the, the grocery store, Aldi? Aldi? Uh, we, we do a lot of our grocery shopping there, and so Chrissy was in there a couple weeks ago, and she was in line waiting to, to check out, and there was a, an older gentleman in front of her who had just begun checking out there, and the clerk was ringing up his items and putting them into the, the cart, and he kind of looked confused. He was wondering, uh, why is this person ringing me up and not bagging my groceries? And it, he, so he asked, he asked the, the clerk, um, you know, where, where are the bags? Why, why aren't you bagging my, my groceries? And it became obvious pretty quickly that this was his first time in Aldi. And the, the clerk had to lovingly tell him, um, it doesn't work like that. And that was all new to him, right? If, if you've been to Aldi before, you, you know, it's, you know, there's some similarities about, uh, about Aldi to normal grocery stores, but there are some differences too. Um, if you come without a quarter, you might not be able to get a cart, right? You have to put a quarter in the cart um, to get one. They, they don't really run sales like normal grocery stores have sales. And you bag your own groceries and you bring your own bags or you, you have to pay for the, the paper ones that are there. So not drastic differences, but there are some differences. And for somebody who doesn't know how that works, um, it, it can maybe be a little strange, a little different than, than normal to hear You know, it doesn't work that way. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, which is a lot different than Aldi. Um, But but when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's saying 
in, in the most loving way to us, who, who have our normal expectations about how the world works, he says in the most loving way, it doesn't work like that. That, that the kingdom of heaven is different than what you consider to be normal. And the first indication of this comes from our, our text. Actually, from the last verse of the, the chapter before. In the chapter before, he ended by saying, But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. This is different than normal. Jesus is flipping the script, so to speak, here. That grace and the way that the kingdom of heaven operates is different than what you'd expect. And that phrase is coming right on the heels of Jesus' encounter with this rich young ruler. Right before this, in Matthew chapter 19, this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, they talk a little bit, and it becomes obvious that this rich young ruler has an idol that his heart is attached to. You see, he'd do a lot for God. He would give up a lot for God and for following Jesus. But there was one thing he was unwilling to give up to follow Jesus. He was a rich young ruler. He was unwilling to give up his wealth. He was unwilling to walk away from his wealth and follow Jesus, so instead, he walks away from Jesus in sadness. Well, the disciples, they're all there witnessing this whole scene, witnessing this rich young ruler walk away from Jesus, witnessing this rich young ruler unable to do what the disciples had all done. The disciples had all walked away from from things in their life. They had walked away from their careers and some of them from their wealth, too, You think of Matthew, the disciple. You know what Matthew's uh, occupation was? He was a tax collector, and being a tax collector was a fairly lucrative business in that that day. He he likely had great wealth, and and Matthew walked away from his career, he walked away from that wealth to follow Jesus. Many of them, uh, they didn't walk away from their family in the sense that they were neglecting their family, but they walked away from being able to spend every waking moment with their family or being able to spend some time with their family because they were out traveling with Jesus. And maybe, maybe some of them brought their family with them, but even so, that's still not an easy life, right? Uh, traveling from place to place, putting in long days. They were, they were not uh, doing things to, to serve themselves anymore. They were doing things to serve others and, and spending long days doing that. Ministry was not necessarily a glamorous thing for them. And so you can understand how the disciples might expect, well, we gave these things up to follow you, Lord, what might we receive in return? What might we receive for our fidelity? How about you? You're here right now. You could be a lot of other places. A lot of other people are. You could be sleeping in. I'm sure some of you were tempted to do that, right? It was tiring maybe to get up and be here today. You could be getting a good spot at the brunch restaurant that you go to with your family, right? Instead of having to push that off until later, you could be taking in NFL pregame coverage or golfing or, or any number of things right now, but you're not doing that. You're here. And, and a lot of you make that a regular habit almost every single week, right? And that's not it. That's not all. You, you give up some time. You give up some time to serve in small or, or sometimes even big ways. And, and that's not all. You set aside a portion of your income to, to give to the the Lord. You spend a lot of time in prayer. If you were to add up all of the hours that you spend in prayer over the course of your lifetime, it would make up more than days, right? 
weeks, months, maybe even years, right? You don't just come to worship, you also stay for Bible class, too, because you're, you're thirsty to hear more from, more from God. And that's just within the confines of this church, right? You live your Christian life outside of the church, too. You do your best to, to, to make a, a, a daily habit of being in, in God's Word. You make sure that your kids are, are hearing about Jesus. You've chosen to live a certain way, which is different from the, the people around you. People around you, they, they, they gratify their their desires, whatever they are, and, and you've controlled yours. You've disciplined yourself. So, what will you receive for the things that you have given up? What will you receive for your fidelity? Through faith in Jesus, you'll receive heaven. Heaven, where you get to be with your Savior forever. Heaven, where there'll be no more crying and no more pain. Heaven. Where, where you'll experience perfection for the very first time. And when you believed, when you first believed, whether that was in the waters of baptism when you were a little baby or sometime after that, you knew that that was the promise. And you believed it and you were happy. You were satisfied with that, that promise. Who wouldn't be? Until, until you met that person that didn't do those things that you did, that, ha- that you do on a regular basis. They blew off Jesus for their entire life. They didn't care about church. In fact, they made fun of people who went to, to church. They spent their life gratifying whatever desire they want, no matter how vile it, it was. And yet, in the last months or moments of their life, they believed in, in Jesus. And you're not upset about it. You, you really aren't. You're happy. You're happy that they're in heaven with Jesus. But you've been faithful for a lot longer. You've endured a lot more persecution You've battled a lot more temptation. And so if they received heaven for their minutes of, of fidelity to, to God, then certainly you should receive so much more. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. The kingdom of heaven doesn't operate in the way that we think is normal. But what's normal to our world? Normal is if you do good, you receive good. If you do good for a long period of time, you receive good, a lot of good things. In fact, you, you deserve some honor and glory and to be remembered for those things. If you do bad, you deserve bad. If you do bad for a long time or, or a high degree of bad, you deserve bad things in return. You deserve shame and punishment and, and guilt. That's normal. That's what we are used to. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't work like that. So I should ask you, is that fair? Certainly not. That's not fair at all. But we don't praise and worship God because he's fair. In fact, quite the opposite. We praise and worship God because he's not fair. We give thanks to him because he's not fair. Because if he, is, if he was fair, you know what he would have done? He would have punished all of us. He would have, we, wouldn't have been, we would have been the ones hanging on the cross, not Jesus. And we would have been suffering more than just physical torment. We would have been neglected by God for good. Forsaken by him for eternity. If God was fair, that's what he'd do. But but here we learn about God. Psalm 103 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. That's the same God that Jonah was, was hating on, right? I know that you're gracious. I know that you're compassionate. 
Psalm 103, the, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And then the next verse, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. He doesn't repay us according to our sins. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve because he treated Jesus as our sins deserved. He crucified his own son for us in our place. Jesus took that punishment so that we could be saved, so that the disciples who gave up a lot of things for Jesus could be saved, so that the the thief on the cross who was faithful for what? An hour? Half hour? So that he could have paradise? So that Jesus could say to him, today you'll be with me in paradise? What Jesus is teaching us in the parable of the workers in the vineyard is that grace, it's not normal, but that, that's how his kingdom works. It's not by works, it's by, by his grace. So here's the truth. Your entrance into the kingdom of heaven has nothing to do with you but has everything to do with what Jesus did for you. His kingdom is not about works or what you've earned. It's about the grace and mercy that he has chosen in his love to give you. So, if you have been a Christian your entire life, since you were a little baby and you were baptized, great. God's happy about that. And he'll be delighted to welcome you into heaven with open arms. He'll be delighted to spend eternity with you. If you've been a Christian for just a a short amount of time, great. God is happy about that. He's happy that you've come to believe in Jesus as your Savior, and he's going to welcome you into heaven with wide open arms, and he's going to be delighted to spend eternity with you. If you were faithful at one time, and then you you walked away from the church, you fell away, you didn't believe for a little while, now you've come back, and you believe, great. God is happy that you've come to believe in him again. And and he's going to be delighted to spend eternity with you, so delighted that he'll welcome you into heaven with open arms. And if today you're still wondering if you believe, you're still not sure if you believe, maybe you don't believe, there's still time. There's still time. And and for many of you who, who know people like that in your life, there's still time. Don't delay. I want to tell you about Harold. Uh, Harold was a World War II veteran. Uh, he was supposed to serve in, in Europe during World War II, but he served in the Pacific. He saw a lot of combat uh, there. And he, he, was kind of from, he was from a small town, and so his small town, in, in support of him and the, the United States war effort at that time, they, they put a big picture of him in the paper, and it said, hometown hero, and talked about um, the enemies that he had, he had killed while he was over uh, fighting World War II. Well, Harold survived the war um, by the grace of God, and, and he came back and, and lived a long life. And, and he was getting older and getting sicker, and, and he was in the hospital, and his grandson, who happened to be studying to be a pastor at the time, uh, came to visit his grandpa to talk with him. And he said, Grandpa, this might be kind of awkward for you, um, and I don't know how to bring this up necessarily, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus. I know that you really haven't gone to church for your whole life, and I'm just wondering why, why that is. And Harold looked at his grandson, and he said, well, quite honestly, I had a hard time believing in a, a God that would allow the things to happen that happened in World War II, and, and honestly, um, I don't think a God who saw the things that I did in World War II would be happy to, to have me. <laughs> you know, he didn't feel like a hometown hero 
he, he felt like he was just surviving. And the things that Harold had to do to survive, they were awful. They weighed heavy on his, his conscience. He figured God wouldn't want somebody like him. Well, his grandson, studying to be a pastor, he opened up to the, the workers in the vineyard and he said in the kindest possible way to his grandpa, Grandpa, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You don't get to heaven uh, based on what you do, and God doesn't exclude you from heaven based on what you've done. But he's put all of that punishment for every bad thing you think you've done in your life and every bad thing you've actually done in your life, he put that on Jesus so that, so that you could be saved, so that you could be forgiven, so he could show you, you mercy and welcome you into heaven. He, he gave a bold witness to his grandpa. And then he left. And about a month later, he got a call from his grandma, his gran- this grandson got a call from his grandma saying, you know, grandpa's getting a little bit weaker, um, but he he's, can still talk just a little bit. He'd love if you came and, and visited again. And so he came and, and his grandpa um, looked at him and he said, you know, thank you so much for our conversation last time. And, and the grandson looked at his grandpa Harold and, and he said, grandpa, do you, do you believe? He said, yes, I, I believe. And you know, when Harold said that, that he believed, Angels cheered. They were throwing a party that, that Harold had come to believe in Jesus as his Savior. And when Harold would die just a, a few months later, God would welcome him into heaven with open arms and be delighted to spend eternity with him. Can I leave you with, with two encouragements uh, today? The, the first encouragement is this. For those of you who have been around grace for a long time, you know that there's a battle going on within you between that, that sinful nature that, that only really knows the law and between that new person that, that God has, has, has put in you through, through the waters of, of baptism that, that has the Holy Spirit, right, living it within you. There's that, that war going on. Continue to crucify that part of you that, that thinks that somehow you're earning something by what you do. Continue to crucify within yourself this thing inside of you that rejects grace and, and hear his grace often. Embrace grace and mercy and be happy about it, not just for yourself, but for, for the grace that God shows to others too. And secondly, if you have that person in your life that does not yet know that grace, pray about that person. Pray about that person and, and look for your opportunity for God to use you. Use you to speak about this grace that isn't normal, but this grace that, that transforms, this grace that's revolutionary. Look for your opportunities to do that. Because wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great that, that when you die and you go, to, you go to heaven, that God is there with wide open arms, happy to see you, delighted to spend eternity with you, and then guess who's standing behind him to welcome you into heaven too? person you're praying about. Amen. Hey, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Hey, could you do us a favor? Could you hit like or, or subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast? That really helps us get seen by more people so that more people might hear about Jesus and, and hear the same message that you're hearing. We hope you, you come back and, and enjoy a, another sermon next week. God bless.